0: Now, the way that we deal with the mental obsession is through the 12 steps of recovery, which brings us to be able to align ourselves with something greater than ourselves. We need a power greater than ourselves to put down the substance. And we need a power greater than ourselves to power the journey through the 12 steps. And we need a power greater than ourselves to turn things over to so that we don't feel like we're responsible for the entire fucking universe. Hi, I'm Barb Nangle. I want to welcome you to my podcast, Fragmented to Whole Life Lessons from 12 Step Recovery, where I help people heal their emotional, psychological, and spiritual wounds and make deep, lasting changes in their lives. I'm the founder and CEO of Higher Power Coaching and Consulting, LLC, where I coach people on how to develop healthy boundaries. On this podcast, I share my experience, strength, and hope from recovery. I don't support or endorse any particular 12-step recovery fellowship, and I don't claim to speak for any particular 12-step fellowship. I also don't believe that 12-step recovery is the only way to recover. You might need additional help. My hope is that you'll find my words concretely helpful in improving your life, whether you're in recovery or not. This is episode 165 what most people don't know about physical addiction and process addiction. I was listening to another recovery podcast the other day, and one of the people on it mentioned how when they were in the active throes of their addiction, They had no idea where to look for resources. And they asked the people to share on their live stream that gets turned into a podcast about addiction because you never know who's waiting to hear the message. And it occurred to me that it would be helpful to some of the people that listen to this podcast who 12-step recovery is for. Now, I know that most of the people who listen to this podcast are in recovery of some kind or another, but I also know that there are plenty of people who listen to this podcast who are not in 12-step recovery and get lots of benefit from the podcast. So I thought I'd talk about how you might decide if you need to be in a 12-step recovery program and what kind of program might be right for you. So first I want to talk about the difference between physical addictions and process addictions. A physical addiction is what most people think about when they think about addiction. There's some kind of substance that the addict is physically dependent on, like alcohol, drugs, or food. They may or may not have withdrawal symptoms when they stop taking this substance in. And then there's process addictions, which are also known as behavioral addictions. And this is when we have a compulsion to engage consistently in a behavior despite the extreme negative consequences related to that behavior. So this is things like gambling, codependence, sex addiction, etc. The big difference between process addiction and physical addiction is the lack of physical dependence on a substance for process addictions. They're both addictions, though, because of the compulsive behavior. They both require treatment, attention, and care. So I'll start by talking about physical addiction, and I'm going to use alcohol as the example because Alcoholics Anonymous is the mother program from which all other 12-step recovery programs branched. And many fellowships use Alcoholics Anonymous literature so people can understand that. And I would say that most people have at least heard of alcoholism and probably know someone who has an alcohol problem, even if that person is not a full-blown alcoholic. So what I say is something that most people will be able to relate to, even if that's not you. I didn't know until I got into recovery that addiction is a twofold illness where there is a mental component and a physical component, and it helped me enormously in my own addiction recovery to understand this part of the disease for myself, first of all, but also for others. I remember my brother getting into AA when I was in my early 20s. He had a drunk driving accident in which he should have been killed, but he didn't. And he didn't get a scratch, as a matter of fact. And he went into rehab the next day. And when he started in recovery, which, by the way, he did not continue with, he said alcoholism is a disease. That was the first time I had ever heard that. And I remember thinking at the time that calling it a disease was like an excuse for him. But on some level, I could also see that there was something very different about the way he drank and the way that many other people drank. Lots of my friends drank abusively, as did I, but not like him. He was one of those really sloppy, falling down, spittle coming out of the mouth, completely slurring his words kind of drunks who wreaked havoc every single time he drank. But I still felt like it was an excuse for him at the time. But then I learned that there is this physical component whereby when you ingest the substance you're addicted to, in this case, we're talking about alcohol, you have an abnormal reaction. Another word for an abnormal reaction is an allergy. The AA Big Book says we have an allergy of the body and it works like this. When a normal person drinks alcohol, they have a limit and they're able to stop there. But for the alcoholic, the abnormal reaction is that when you ingest it, you want more. Your body craves more, and it doesn't matter how much damage the alcohol has done to your body or your life or your relationships. Your body craves more. And the only way to overcome This physical aspect of the addiction is to not ingest the allergen. In other words, you have to abstain from drinking the alcohol. Once you drink, you activate that allergy and the body has a physical craving for more that is just insatiable. When you stop ingesting it, your body stops craving it after a time. This is also true for other substances besides alcohol. Sugar can have that impact, cocaine, meth, heroin, benzos, etc. The really insidious part of this disease is the mental component. And that is, we have a disease that tells us we don't have a disease. So the mental component is the thing that tells you, for example, well, I've been dry for 90 days. See, I'm not an alcoholic. An alcoholic wouldn't be able to go 90 days without drinking. So I can have just one this time. Now, this might be despite decades of evidence that you've never been able to have just one. Facts don't matter. When it comes to this mental obsession, in some parts of the AA Big Book, it's called a strange mental twist. And that's what I'm talking about when I say, I have a disease that tells me I don't have a disease. And the way that we deal with this aspect of the disease, the mental component, is through the 12 steps of recovery. When we say that we are powerless over our substance, what we're saying is that it doesn't matter how many years go by, when we ingest the allergen, the allergy is going to kick in. We have no power over that. We can't do anything about it. And it means we're going to have these strange mental twists that tell us we don't have a disease and we can have just one. We're not like those other people. Even though we may have quit 75 motherfucking times and started again, our disease says this time it's going to be different. Now, the way that we deal with the mental obsession is through the 12 steps of recovery, which brings us to be able to align ourselves with something greater than ourselves. We need a power greater than ourselves to put down the substance. And we need a power greater than ourselves to power the journey through the 12 steps. And we need a power greater than ourselves to turn things over to so that we don't feel like we're responsible for the entire fucking universe. We need a power greater than ourselves to guide our decision-making. And that entire journey is meant to get us to be able to practice the principles of 12-step recovery in all our affairs. In other words, to live in a spiritual alignment with the universe. Some of these principles are honesty, open mindedness, willingness, hope, faith, courage, integrity, self discipline, service, many of which we may have held before we got in recovery, but were incapable of living in alignment with. Once we've gone through the 12 steps of recovery, if we've done a thorough and honest job, we're then able to practice these principles in all our affairs. In other words, we're able to be mature, emotionally sober, kind, decent, caring human beings who contribute to society. And when we're able to do that, we can feel proud about ourselves, good about ourselves, and know we're doing the best we can. And it's so much easier to stay sober when we do all those things. We're also connected to other human beings and to our higher power when we're in recovery. And humans are wired for connection. One of the things we say in 12-step recovery all the time is the opposite of addiction is connection. We also say, We're protected when we're connected, and we mean that in terms of being connected to other humans, connected to a higher power, and connected to our program of recovery. Now, a little bit about process addictions. These are mainly about the mental obsession, though there can be a physically addictive component in terms of what some call the inner drugstore. That is, we may get a rush of adrenaline and cortisol and all those other inner chemicals when we engage in our obsessive and compulsive behaviors. If we've grown up with our systems activated like this all the time, in other words, in fight or flight mode, that activation of our system makes us feel alive. When we don't have that internal drugstore activated, when we don't have those chemicals buzzing through our systems, we feel bored. Or maybe we even feel like we're not even alive. This is why sometimes people reject people who are healthy and have healthy boundaries as candidates for dating when they're actively in their addiction because they think they're boring. Going through the 12 steps of recovery helps us to understand that the sense of peace we feel when we get to, into recovery is actually calmness. It's not boring, it's actually healthy. And we want to get to that, but it takes time to be able to get used to that. When I did the 12 steps in my main program, which is about a process addiction, one of the women had been sober in AA for like 12 years before that. And it wasn't until she got into this program that she started to get a measure of peace. And she was like, what is this peace shit? It was so fucking foreign to her that she couldn't handle it at first. We need the 12 steps of recovery for the process addictions just as much as we need them for the physical addictions. Now, I hope that me laying this out has helped you to get an understand of addiction. I know that I really didn't get addiction until I got into my second recovery program, which is for a physical addiction. Like I said, I thought my brother was making an excuse when he said alcoholism was a disease because it's different than diseases I was familiar with, like diabetes or smallpox. Now, there are a lot of people out there, even medical professionals professionals who don't understand that there is not just the physical dependence, but also the obsessive thinking that goes along with it. They don't necessarily understand or consider that mental component. And then there are all the misconceptions among the general public about addiction. There is a ton of stigma based on the false belief that addiction has to do with willpower, as if people are choosing to wreck their bodies, their minds, their lives, and their families, and their careers. I will leave links in the show notes to a bunch of the most common 12-step recovery programs in case you need them. And then I also have a resources page on my website, which I will also link, There, I have links to some of my favorite recovery resources, as well as some non-recovery resources you might find helpful. If you are struggling with an addiction yourself, you are not alone. Help is available, and there are other people just like you who are recovering every day. And if you have a loved one who is struggling with addiction, you are also not alone. There is help available for you too and you deserve help just as much as they do. I was recently reminded by a friend that when I first started recovery I didn't feel lovable. I almost can't believe that I used to feel that way and that I kind of forgot something so profound because I truly love myself now and I want that for everybody. If you don't love yourself, there's literally nothing that can make up for that. I created something exclusively for my private clients since many of them don't love themselves. And I've now opened up my private vault to share it with up to 10 people individually. It's called the Self Love Sprint. You'll grow to love yourself and truly feel worthy. So you can stop saying yes when you really want to say no. Stop neglecting yourself and putting everyone else first. Stop saying all kinds of nasty shit to yourself. That is not what people who love themselves and feel deserving do. You'll stop being afraid that others will think that you're selfish for taking time to care for yourself. This is also for you if you don't really know who you are because you've always been such a fucking chameleon. Go to higherpowercc.com slash lovesprint. Remember, I'm only offering 10 of these, so don't wait. If you like this podcast, and I'm guessing you did or you wouldn't still be listening, then you're gonna love the other things I have to offer. If you'd love pre-release podcast scripts, and episodes before anyone else gets them. Or if you'd love access to content from my private vault that I developed exclusively for my private clients, which is like having a work session with me without me actually being there, go to patreon.com slash higher coaching. There are three tiers ranging from as low as $4 up to $24 a month. You'll also love my weekly newsletter, Friday Fragments, which has content very similar to the podcast. You can check it out at fridayfragments.news. That's fridayfragments.news. Please like and subscribe to my podcast on your favorite podcast outlet. I'd also love it if you'd leave a review, which you can do either in the show notes or on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find my podcast so, they can get the benefits you've gotten from listening. If someone came to mind when you listened to this particular episode, please share it with them. And my favorite place to hang out on social media is Instagram. I'm at Higher Power Coaching. Please DM me there. I'd love to hear what you got from this episode. I run group and private coaching programs on building healthy boundaries. Whether you need help with boundaries in your personal, professional, or romantic life, I can help. Head on over to barbchat.net where you can hop onto my calendar for a free 30-minute Better Boundaries consultation. My ideal client is someone who is ripe for change. If that's you, I would love to work with you. My goal with all my work is to help you make lasting changes in your life like I've made deep lasting changes in my life. Remember, it's never too late to recover. No one is beyond hope and healing is possible. Thanks for listening.